0: To On The Money, where you can find out anything and everything to do with finance, business and the economy. On The Money is broadcast live from the studios of Radio 2SER nationwide on the Community Radio Network. I'm Veronica Elishina and coming up on the program...
1: Clearly, uh, a lot of employers need cash flow assistance, a lot of people uh, in business doing it very tough. So again, we don't quibble with supporting business through uh, this difficult period.
0: Following the announcement by Prime Minister Scott Morrison of a $17.6 billion stimulus package to counter the economic effects of the coronavirus, the ALP Shadow Treasurer Jim Chalmers says the ALP will be supporting most of the measures put forward. We find out how the markets have reacted with Perpetual's Chief Economist Matthew Sherwood and CommSec Senior Economist James Tao. Also on the program... It's
2: accommodation houses, places of interest, that tourists visit, They are practically
0: empty. Small business has been described as the engine room of the economy, and the government needs to keep it ticking over and the people employed. The announcements directed at keeping people in work, like apprentices, appear to be aimed to help small business. But will it be enough? All this and more coming up on On The Money. First, the Australian Stock Exchange was in freefall again today, losing tens of billions of dollars. This is in stark contrast to the record highs of just a few weeks ago, and today's falls appear to be triggered by US President Trump banning travel to Europe. Roderick Chambers asked Matthew Sherwood, Chief Economist at Perpetual, what he thought was behind the heavy losses on the markets today.
3: Uh, Yeah, well, there was some very heavy falls, not only in Australia but also around the world. Um, You know, just continuing the trend we've seen uh, recently from the uh, from the coronavirus uh, and falling oil prices. And you know, what set the market back here today uh, was the fact that we had a large sell-off on Wall Street, uh, and then we had some um, you know some thoughts from President Trump in a national address to the nation, where he didn't really tell people what he was going to do. Uh, He gave a piecemeal approach, but it wasn't some overarching strategy. So markets started to get a little bit uh, worried about that. Then he announced a travel ban in and out of Europe, Um, or travel ban between Europe and the United States. That really gave the market the wobbles. Uh, And, um, you know, and and really prices just pretty much uh, fell quite aggressively, even though Prime Minister Morrison here uh, really laid out the groundwork and what the Australian government's planning to do to to cushion the economy uh, from the downturn that is expected.
4: And uh, talking about the Prime Minister, he's, of course, come out with a $17.6 billion plan for stimulus. Is this is this going to help, do you think? Are the markets going to respond to this?
3: Well, I certainly didn't respond today, but that was partially driven by global events. So, you know, we're, we're, overall, what we think is that the package is quite a good one. We don't think it prevents a recession here, but it certainly does cushion the economy from what we would call a severe recession, which is deep, which is prolonged, and which is extremely painful. Uh, the strategy is really based on, on a 2 um, uh, plan. Our first one is cash injections into the household sector in the June quarter, totaling around $5 billion. That then uh, will be supported by investments in health outcomes and then a, a package really for next financial year to keep small business open um, you know, and to address... Uh, Certain sectors, such as tourism, which have been hit of course, uh, hit pretty severely by the by the coronavirus. So uh, it, it's a two pronged strategy. I think it's reasonably good, but it's not going to prevent the risk of recession here. But I think it does uh, reduce the harshness of the recession. You know, but there's a lot of assumptions behind the um, the package that is going to be spent. I'm not yet convinced that households who saved the recent tax cuts and the recent RBA policy cuts are all of a sudden going to go out to the shops and spend this extra money so you know there's a lot of uncertainty around the economic impact um you know for australia
4: and is that what we're angling for really it's it's just to get consumer spending going
3: well a package is really more of a confidence game more than anything else um it's what what we've seen is some, um, you know, panic buying within the shops. You know, we all know the, know the stories of the toilet paper of buying in vast bulk consumer staples, and that's because people don't want to go to the shops. Shops is where the virus may be passed on, schools or other areas. So, you know, whether cash handouts to go shopping helps uh, consumers get over that fear um, is really probably the great unknown here. Uh, the other one, of course, is that we'll... Businesses uh, take the free handouts and keep people employed, or they take the free handouts and you know dismiss uh, unproductive staff anyway. So, you know, there's quite a bit of unknown here. We're dealing with something which is completely novel. I believe the Reserve Bank of Australia and the government are doing what they can. Uh, I suspect there may not be a policy solution out there uh, which can actually address the health issues and the economic issues simultaneously.
4: Yeah, it is a bit of a, a, a different situation than when we've had before and certainly a bit different to the GFC, isn't
3: it? Oh, it's completely different from the global financial crisis. That was a uh, financial uh, event uh, which could be solved through a combination of equity injection into banks, uh, pretty steep interest rate cuts. You know, and in the US we also did a asset purchase programs So, you know, some of those policy tools are available, but not a lot and not to the same extent. Um, You know, the RBA's Policy Armoury, at least on a traditional sense, is quite bare at the moment with a cash rate at half a percent and they're expected to do their final cut to a quarter um, at the beginning of April. So uh, they have said they may look at doing asset purchases and quantitative easings. Uh, That's not going to start necessarily in May. Uh, I think it would have to get worse for the RBA to start deploying their balance sheets. But central banks just don't have the policy tool that they once did. Uh, Governments do, of course, and the Aussie dollar, Um, is already at 65 US cents and the low from the GFC was 61 and it fell from 97. So the currency is not probably going to help a lot either. So it really comes down to a government response. They're doing what they can, uh, but it's probably not going to be enough to get people out there spending at this stage, particularly with the coronavirus set to thrive in our winter. You know, we look at economies like America and China uh, Their economies are going into their summer and there is hope, at least, the coronavirus starts to dissipate with warmer weather, whereas Australia's temperature, of course, is going to cool as we come into autumn and then winter.
4: Guy Debell seems to think that uh, the last shot in the locker is going to help with spending. But, you know, in the past, it just seems to have been helping with real estate prices, hasn't it?
3: Oh, well, there has been a far more positive response um, to real estate prices uh, than necessarily the economy. And, of course, we don't know the counterfactual of what the economy would have been like without those interest rate uh, increases. But you certainly haven't seen the traditional growth impulse that comes with policy easing. It may be a bit early to see it, but, you know, I suspect cutting rates from one and a half to half a percent Uh, as they've done in recent months, probably isn't going to do a lot. Um, The problem isn't monetary in its nature. It's a health crisis. Fiscal policy is much better positioned to make a difference. Uh, But again, the key question is consumers and their willingness to go out to shop. And I'm I'm still not convinced there's necessarily anything they can do, the government, without uh, absolutely crunching the economy the main solution globally that has been emanated out of the major economies has been isolation, uh, and that's at massive risk to the economy. So just overnight, the Italian government announced the closure uh, of all shops other than pharmacies and, uh, and food shops. You know, that's kind of the uh, drastic action the government, the government in Italian, is having to undertake to try to get this coronavirus under control.
0: Matthew Sherwood, Chief Economist at Perpetual, speaking there with Roderick Chambers.
1: On the money, ride the gravy train with us.
0: I'm Veronica Alishina and you're listening to On The Money throughout Australia on the Community Radio Network. The big banks were down over 8% today, prompting fears of a protracted period of low interest rates and low performance. Roderick Chambers asked Comsec senior economist James Tao what they thought of the stimulus measures announced today.
1: The stimulus package announced by Scott Morrison this morning, um, pretty w- well received by the market. It, it, was flagged late yesterday, some of the details. So there were no real major surprises uh, from what we heard. So certainly a good sign that they're looking to help businesses, uh, individuals and also regions that uh, have been or will be most hard hit by the coronavirus outbreak. Uh, the market reaction was actually the biggest uh, in relation to the address to the nation by donald trump over in the united states so he spoke about an hour or so after uh, scott morrison did this morning and he uh, came out with a few details in terms of how uh, the u.s government would support businesses and the u.s economy Uh, he did mention the fact that there would be a travel ban uh, for 30 days to the european union which certainly dented travel stocks here in Australia as well as uh, around the world. So uh, what we saw at the end of the day for the market, uh, the ASX 200, which is the the top 200 stocks, uh, fell about 421 points or more than 7.3%, which is quite a large decline. It's the the second largest uh, pretty much since the GFC back in 2008, but uh, nothing new. Uh, for investors this week. We actually had a 7% decline just on Monday.
4: One of the sectors that seemed to be falling quite fast was the banking sector. Uh, How how are you feeling out there at at ComBankland?
1: Yeah, look, in terms of the financials, they've certainly been hit quite hard on the market, of course. uh, We're coming into what is known as a low interest rate environment and low growth as well in terms of Uh, businesses expanding and needing to borrow more money. So uh, those two combined make make it a bit difficult for banks and their margins in particular Uh, and and also to expand their business. So we have seen banks today falling by around 8% in terms of the big four. Uh, The NAB is at the lowest level since 2009, ANZ, Westpac at the lowest level since 2011, and CBA is at the lowest level since about 2013. So, uh, yeah, it certainly hits the, the bottom line for the banks, but... Um, The stimulus that that has come through from Scott Morrison, hopefully we'll see the economy pick up and will be better signs for the banks moving forward.
4: The Aussie dollar seems to be stabilising a little bit around the 65 cent mark. Normally when you get uh, stimulus uh, talk from the US, it would put pressure on the Aussie dollar. What do you think has been happening there?
1: Yeah, look, uh, as you mentioned, you generally see the Aussie dollar falling um, when there's just that general level of uncertainty around the world, we're seen as a, a growth currency. And when economic growth not there, uh, the Aussie dollar performs pretty poorly. But it's been holding around that 64, 65 U.S. cent mark. Uh, part of that is due to the fact that uh, it sounds like the uh, U.S. Federal Reserve, so the RBA equivalent over... In the states, will look to cut their interest rates as well and cut them quite sharply. So uh, it means the interest rate difference or the differentials between our interest rates and the US interest rates aren't as wide. So there is still a bit of interest in holding uh, Aussie dollar um, currency. So that's kind of helped support the. Aussie uh, Aussie dollar, we've also seen a bit of strength coming out of China as well. So uh, the fact that it looks like uh, the coronavirus spread is slowing over there is is some good signs that we could see the Chinese economy uh, back to normal sooner rather than later. And of course, being our largest trading partner, that is good news for Australia as well.
4: And then has that had a bit of an effect for resource stocks?
1: We've still seen a pretty heavy sell-off for mining stocks. Um, in terms of iron ore miners, the likes of BHP, Rio Tinto and Fortescue, who are the, uh, the biggest producers here, uh, falling quite substantially, but uh, surprisingly falling less than the gold miners, who generally do better uh, in times of uncertainty. The precious metal is seen as a, a safe haven uh, that people pile into when uh, there is a little bit of nervousness uh, around markets. So they've still uh, certainly been underperforming at the moment, But uh, if we see China picking up, there could be uh, some good times ahead as well.
4: And what do you think the market is factoring in for this coronavirus effect? Is is it like for a a year ahead or two years?
1: That's a good question. That's probably the the million dollar question. Really, no one's quite sure how long. So I thought I'd put it to you. Yeah. So it's indefinite at the moment. No one really knows how long it will last. At the moment we continue to see new cases uh, popping up uh, in all parts of the world and in particular in Europe and uh, in the US and even here in Australia. So that is the uh, big concern. And until we see uh, some kind of stabilisation or a slowdown in the spread, uh, it's really hard to tell how long this could go for. At first, it was expected just to be maybe for the first few months of the year um, that we would see a bit of a slowdown and uh, then we'd be back to normal by the second half. It it could be a little bit longer now, so we could be looking uh, towards the back end of this year, uh, possibly uh, early next year.
4: Yes, Uh, and of course, uh, we were pretty worried about the trade war between the US and China uh, ramping up towards the end of last year, but the uh, effects on trade of this virus could even be worse don't you think?
1: Yeah well that, that's right you know there, there, there's certainly plenty of issues if uh, everyone's quarantined and uh, have to isolate and you know, everyone's stuck in their homes obviously not much business is going to get done that way. Uh, one of these things it's kind of like a short-term pain long-term gain so hopefully uh, we go through the tough stuff now contain the, uh, the virus and then uh, once it has settled or once there is a, a vaccine, uh, we can get back into the swing of things. So uh, what we've got here is uh, a supply shock rather than a demand shock. People still want to do business. People still want to trade but aren't able to due to you know, external factors that are out of their control. So uh, once those particular factors are, are cleared up, we could see uh, markets and trade returning to uh,
4: what we could call it normal levels. And the bears can go into hibernation for a while.
1: Well, that's it. Hopefully, (laughs) the the bears will um, have a nap because they've they've been very active of late.
0: James Tow, Senior Economist at ComSex, speaking there with Roderick Chambers.
1: On the money,
3: head your bets and stay tuned.
0: You're listening to On The Money around Australia on the Community Radio Network. I'm Veronica Elishina. The economy appears to have tanked for many in small business around the country, and Kevin Suarez has been speaking to small businesses to find out how they are coping and what plans they have to survive the crisis.
5: With COVID-19 continuing to spread worldwide, small businesses are beginning to feel the effects of potential customers becoming too nervous to go to shopping centres. Some small businesses have already closed, either because the workers have gotten sick or store owners cannot justify remaining open with so few customers. I caught up with store owner Alan Zrake, who owns Z&Z Jewelers in Westfield-Hurstville, and is also president of the St. George Business Chamber. He's noticed a downturn in customers over the past few weeks.
6: We hardly see any people coming in. I can see there's a lot of Chinese community people not coming in here. I have a lot of Chinese customers. I used to come and buy pearls and things like Australia made pearls to go take it overseas or give it present. But the last three, four weeks, I haven't seen too many of
5: them. However, it is not just shopping centres like Westfield's that have seen less customers. Anne Nalder, CEO of the Small Business Association of Australia, says other sectors have been hit hard as well.
2: It's affecting certain types of businesses. For example, the tourism industry is very, very severely affected because there's also a huge drop, and I mean a massive drop, in tourists. And they bring in, and tourism, particularly from China, is one of our major players. And they bring in big dollars, so that's actually dried up. The Gold Coast, for example, is a major tourism hub. And it's in a very, very serious situation because it's lost out in many, many dollars. Up until about a week ago, it was well over half a billion dollars. And that amount will grow because accommodation houses, places of interest that tourists visit, they are practically empty.
5: Small businesses don't just work in isolation, she explains, and that if one closes, it could affect others nearby. If
2: a business, for example, doesn't do any business, they can't pay their supplies either. And so by you going, say, out of business, you can affect another small business owner as well. It's it's a very, very serious issue.
5: As the president of the St George Business Chamber, going out of business is something Mr Zrake wants the chamber's members to avoid. But there's a long road ahead to ensure the small businesses come out of this crisis together.
6: The members of the chamber, they're suffering the same thing I'm suffering here. And they don't know what to do yet. We're going to get together. We've got an event coming up, I think, towards the end of this month. So I don't know if we're going to keep that going or not because with the coronavirus, I don't know if people want to come to meetings. So by next week, hopefully we know what the members want to do.
5: Mr. Zrake explained how evaluating his business on a week by week basis has taken a toll on him.
6: Yes, it really feels bad. It's just the worry and stress. We don't know what's gonna happen. It's just we sit sit down and think and what's gonna end when it's gonna end and what's gonna happen. It's just a bit of a worry. I mean it started to hit us like this week, early this week. Uh, last week was okay, but start to hit early this week. So I'll wait till the next week to see what's going to
5: happen. With the virus expected to reach more people, small businesses need to plan ahead to survive the next few months. Ms. Nalda advises small businesses to plan their finances in case the downturn continues.
2: The only thing that I can suggest to small business owners is to be vigilant. The small business owner has to evaluate how much downturn there is in their business and whether they can afford to keep their staff if they employ staff. And they have to look at what their fixed expenses are, for example, such as leases, etc. So then they've got to look at the side of things, how to prepare themselves if they've got a downturn. They need to look at things of how do they manage those situations when the cash flow is not coming in.
5: Reevaluating his store's finances is a situation Mr Zrake is not too keen to face. <sighs>
6: That's going to be the stressful part of, of this situation. I've got to sit with Westfield next week and have a chat to them, see what, what's their plans. I'm sure they will be planning for something. So I've got to sit with Westfield next week with the management, see what they want, uh, how they're going to help the retailers.
5: Juggling the finance of a small business to keep it open may not be the only challenge owners will face in upcoming months. Michael Croker, tax leader at Chartered Accountants Australia and New Zealand, says issues within the supply chain could get worse.
7: Well, there's two sides to this. Economists are focusing on supply chain issues, and quite rightly, I mean, if you haven't got your normal supplier arrangements functioning, then you have these difficult problems of fulfilling your customer requests, and that obviously requires some workarounds if you can find alternate sources of supply, or even reaching out to other businesses in the same industry to see if, if you can share supplies and also promoting more the, the, the services and goods that you provide which aren't impacted by supply chain issues.
5: With many small businesses set to face a difficult year Mr Croker believes communication is essential for them to survive.
7: Well firstly communication is essential. Small business struggle to attract good staff and when they have them it's important that In difficult times like this, that there's a communication strategy about how coronavirus is impacting the business, in general terms, I mean, and, you know, try and draw in your employees and ask for their ideas and input on how costs can be controlled at this time and try and formulate together a strategy for working through it. If if there are staffing issues, things like sick leave requests or work from home requests or the employer wants to reduce wage costs, you know, try and come up with a an engagement strategy which says, "Look, this is this is the problems we're experiencing. What are your ideas? And this is some of the things we're thinking about doing, and get them on board."
0: Michael Croker, tax leader at Chartered Accountants Australia and New Zealand, ending that report by Kevin Suarez. On the money for everything financial. On The Money gives me the edge when
1: I have to sort out my finances. I love listening to On The Money.
0: You're listening to On The Money around Australia on the Community Radio Network. I'm Veronica Alishina. That's all we have time for on On The Money this week. Tune in again next week to find out everything you need to know about finance, business and the economy. Thanks to executive producer Roderick Chambers and to producer Kevin Suarez. On the Money is produced in the studios of Radio 2SER for the Community Radio Network and with the assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. You can find all our shows and stories at 2SER.com forward slash onthemoney and subscribe to our podcast. We have new episodes coming out every week. To follow us on Twitter, look for at Money 2 ser and find us on Facebook and Instagram for updates. I'm Veronica Alishina. We'll be back again next week to give you the inside running on all things financial. Thanks for your company.